Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Hey, what's up, Epiphany Church? Good morning to you. It is so good to be gathered with God's people uh, really on a beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, do me a favor, just shout somebody out in the chat room that, that you've been uh, seeing chat and you've seen them over the last several weeks. Just say what's up to them. Say good morning to them. Uh, it is good to be gathered with God's people. Uh, excuse me for my brevity, but I have to jump right into the word of God because we really have a busy, 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 busy day today. So if you'll do me a favor, indulge me and grab your Bibles and get to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15 is where we're going to hang out today. Uh, as you turn there, just a couple of things that you should know. Number one, I'm actually live right now at the church. Typically, we pre-record our services. Uh, and we do so uh, because we're trying to practice social distancing, but there's a small crew of us, and shout out to the crew. There's a small crew of us at the church today, and I felt the need to make sure that I'm keeping up with all of the current events. And so I'm live right now. In fact, I am watching right now uh, the comments and trying to engage as though y'all are in this room. So y'all do me a favor. Y'all show some love in the chat room because I'm watching y'all in the chat room right now. Um, second thing you should know is that today at two o'clock on the dot, we are meeting to do our pray and protest event. I got my shirt on. I am ready. I am so excited about this opportunity that is before us. Uh, literally get together cross-denominational uh, cross-denominational lines, we get together with uh, brothers and sisters uh, of different theological persuasions and uh, different ethnicities, and we all get to come together really to do two things. Number one, we gather to pray. And the second thing that we gather to do is make sure we take a stand against injustice and over-policing and systematic racism. We'll take a strong stance today, and if you read your Bibles and read them well, the Bible is replete of information about how God is a God of justice. So if you're not doing anything this afternoon, I want to encourage not just you, but invite 10 or 15 people to come with you today. We'll meet at Restoration Plaza. Please, y'all should be getting dressed right now. Y'all should be getting ready right now as you're watching this podcast or this live stream. Do me a favor and just start getting ready so that you can get down to Restoration Plaza at 2 o'clock. Uh, also, we, we are finishing up our sermon series today. Our sermon series on interruptions. We started it uh, four weeks ago. We started talking about Moses. We were in Exodus chapter three. I don't know if y'all remember that, but we were talking about Moses and how Moses was hanging out in Midian and God was like, now nah, I got to shake some things up and get you over to Egypt because I got to get you on mission. And he sent him out, an 80 year old man sent him out to deliver the people of Israel out of bondage. And then we got stuck. He got stuck in the book of Esther. And the reason we got stuck in the book of Esther is because there was so much in there. We got to look at how Esther was interrupted to be queen. And then last week, we looked at how Esther was interrupted now that she was queen to go against laws that were going to annihilate the Israeli people. And she was instrumental in making sure that that didn't happen. Uh, today, I, I am actually, actually very excited about the person that we will be talking about. But let me warn you, he is not as familiar as Esther. He is not as familiar as Moses. The person that I'm talking about is Simon of Cyrene. 
I got one verse for you today. If you if you'll just bear with me, uh, I won't be long uh, because again we have a long day, and so I, I'll actually be pretty quick today. So uh, just jump in with me as quick as you can. We're in Mark 15. Look at verse 21. One verse. It says, "And they compelled a passerby, meaning a person that was passing by, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country. Make note of this." the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his, meaning Jesus' cross. Again, I'm preaching from the topic, Interruptions Part 4. Let's look to the Lord before we uh, dig into the word of God today. Uh, Father, we need you this morning. We absolutely need you. I can stop the prayer right there. We need you moment by moment, second by second, and this moment is, is similar to every other moment, Lord. We, we need your presence. And so, Father, would you be with me in this room, but also be with those that are piped in right now and are watching right now. Be with all of us so that we can experience your presence. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Interruptions, part four. Uh, beloved, I, I stand before you today, if I'm honest, um, a bit grieved, uh, the, the emotions that I have, really not just grief, the emotions that I have are, are really um, are, are complex. I have many emotions, almost a bag of emotions that I've been carrying, not just this morning, but I've been carrying for the last several weeks. I, I think the first emotion that I, I'd love to tell you that I'm dealing with is grief. Uh, grief that the Floyd family has lost a loved one. I'm, I'm still dealing with grief, that sharing the grief of the mother of Ahmad Arbery, who has been trying to seek justice for her son, watch this, since February. I feel somewhat grieved over the family members for Breonna Taylor, who was laying comfortable in her house where the police came in and shot up her house. Her birthday was this past week. By the way, there are still no arrests in her situation. But grief is not the only Emotion that I've been experiencing over the last several weeks, many of us have been experiencing confusion. If, you, if you've been confused on the state of affairs, you should just type that in. I, I've been just a bit confused on what's going on when I look around and when I look on the news. What am I confused about? I'm confused that I, li I live in a country that cares more about a flag than they do black lives. I'm a bit confused on how a person like Michael Vick could go to jail for two years for killing a dog and here we have George Zimmerman still walking free after killing a young black boy that had a bag of Skittles. I stand here confused today over how many people are still blind to what is blatantly clear and that is a systematic racism. But confusion and grief aren't the only emotions that I've been feeling. Many of us have also been feeling a bit of anger. Angry at what? Angry that it took so long for four cops that were involved in the death of George Floyd to finally get arrested. We've been angry. Angry at what? That Breonna Taylor still doesn't have any arrests in her case. We've also been angry that we have to explain still to many of our white brothers and sister, sisters what white privilege is. Many people text me uh, last week and were just asking me, can you explain to me, you talked about uh, white privilege in your sermon, just explain to me what that is and I feel like I shouldn't have to explain that, but shout out to all of you. They're calling them allies. I don't feel like they're allies. Many of the uh, my white brothers and sisters that are in my lives aren't allies, they're brothers and they're sisters. 
And so shout out to all of you that understand, but I, many times I get angry that I gotta keep explaining that. Let, let me spare you the rest of the emotions because I can keep going on and on and on and on about all of the emotions that I feel, but I'll save the rest for the person that does my counseling. But even as I wrestle with all of these emotions, what anchors me, where the, the place that I find the most hope is in the word of God. It is the scriptures that have comforted me and been a warm blanket on a cold night. And I don't know how, how the scriptures do you, but there are many times where I can run to the word of God and it just takes a little bit of those emotions and starts to put them on Jesus and takes them off of me. And today is no different. We arrive at a passage where there is a young man that is being called to carry the cross of Jesus. But can I argue that there is more going on in the text than just a man carrying the cross of Jesus? Y'all know I gotta do context. Y'all know it, it, I'll be up all night if I don't at least give you the context of where we are. Jesus has just been unjustly charged. Please type that in the chat room, unjustly charged. You, you, his, his crucifixion, his trials were absolutely unjustifiable and he's been, been unjustly charged uh, unjustly charged how because they tried to say that Jesus was telling people not to pay taxes not true they were running around saying Jesus was trying to build his own earthly kingdom and overthrow the Roman government not true they were trying to say that Jesus was going against the Roman government not true and so what we have here in, in the context is we have a man that is on trial that is innocent, but he is being unjustly charged. And to make matters worse, he has a judge that is weak and really doesn't even want the case. A guy by the name of Pontius Pilate, a guy who was so quick and willing to wash his hands, didn't even want anything to do with the trial. To make matters worse, they, the trial in and of itself, there were moments that were illegal in the trial. Well, what am I talking about? They trialed Jesus at one point at night. In the Sanhedrin, that was absolutely illegal. But the worst part of the injustice is that he was innocent. Let, let me echo the words and borrow the words of the man standing on the, sitting on the cross with Jesus, the, the centurion. He looked over and said, this man is innocent. Jesus had no deceit in his mouth. He was absolutely innocent. But yet an innocent man is being sentenced to death. Not only sentenced to death, but this is how the Roman government did. When the Roman government wanted to sentence you to death, they would often flog you. What does that mean? They would take something called a cat o' nine tails and they would literally whip him and rip his flesh apart to where his organs are showing. And after they rip his flesh apart, they took Jesus and said, now carry this cross that weighed at least 100 pounds up Golgotha's hill. And this is the point of interruption that I want to talk about today. The point of interruption where Jesus is unjustly charged and you're now asking a man to intervene in justice. You're asking a man that is just passing by, a man that is just watching to intervene into a Roman government of injustice. Now there's a few words that you gotta pay attention to when you read passages like this and verses like this. There's a, you can't just read it and, and rush past it. There's a couple of words you gotta dissect. Here's one of them. Look at what it says. And they compelled. Do you understand what that word compelled means? In our English language, it doesn't make sense because it almost feels as though this is optional. 
That this, this compelling is not optional. That this, he doesn't have a choice in the matter. This is a command. In fact, the New Testament was written in a language called Greek and this word compelled in the Greek literally means to demand or force. So, so in other words, let me make sure I got this right because sometimes I can be a little slow uh, on the uptake. So let me make sure I got this right. They are forcing an in, unjust system of execution on an innocent man. Let me say that again. They are forcing an unjust system of execution on an innocent man. One more time. They are forcing an in, unjust system of execution on an innocent man so often. As black and brown people in this country, we are forced, we are demanded to live under an unjust system, a system that was never created for us, a system that did not include us, a system that was meant to advance the majority culture while at the same time further oppressing the minority culture, a system that doesn't make sense for us. A system that allowed for 400 years of slavery. A system that allowed for years of segregation. A system that allowed for years of Jim Crow laws. A system that allows for mass incarceration. A system that allows for systematic racism. We are forced to live under a system that is unjust. And here we have a man that's just watching. And they, the cross at this moment represents the injustice of an innocent man dying, but yet he's forced to carry the cross. My, my family plays Monopoly. We, we really love Monopoly, especially during quarantine. There, there is something about Monopoly during quarantine that, that just really excites our whole household. I'm the best at it. You can ask all three of my family members. None of them can beat me. In fact, we stopped playing because they just know who the king is in Monopoly. But, but there's a few things. That there's a few things, and get at Ty about that. I, I don't know if she's watching right now. But there's a few things that we have to do before we play. We got to establish rules. There is one consistent rule that we have when we play Monopoly. You have to go around the board one time before you can buy any property. You can't acquire any wealth. You can't buy property. You can't buy houses. You can't buy hotels. You just have to go around the board once. And then once you've completed and you've passed go and you collected your $200 and then you can start to buy property. Let, let me see if I can paint this picture of being forced under an unjust system so that you can understand what it feels like. Imagine we're playing Monopoly, all of us. Everybody that's on here, I don't know how many people are on right now, but imagine every one of us started playing Monopoly right now, but because of the color of your skin, you're not able to start at the same point that we start at. What if I said just because of the color of your skin, you have to start out in jail? Stay in jail while everybody else goes around the board three times. Once we've gone around the board three times, then you can get out of jail. But the whole time we're going around the board, we're buying property, we're buying houses, we're getting the, we putting the hotel, red hotels up on the joint, we're doing all, we acquiring wealth, we're getting money, we're getting privilege, we're doing all, we're getting status, and we're doing all this stuff. And finally, we let you out of jail. And when we let you out of jail, we limit you. We say, you can't buy all the other properties. You can't buy New York. You can't buy Pennsylvania Avenue. You daggone sure can't buy Boardwalk. 
Go buy the two purple properties. You, you know those two that that's the cheap properties, the Baltic and the Mediterranean. Go buy those properties. You can build as much as you want in those little properties. But yet we've went around and we've acquired wealth. And what happens is in this illustration, many of the other people that are all around the table playing Monopoly are saying, y'all are straight. Pull yourselves up by your own bootstraps. We all in are have equality now, but we're not starting at the same place. We're not all in the same. We have to level the playing field. How do we level the playing field? We level the playing field by doing two things. By praying and protesting. The, the reason we got to pray because we need divine intervention to level out the playing field. We need divine intervention to push against the status quo. But we also got to take a stance. We also got to show our voice. Why? Because places like Micah 6.8, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice? So we got to level out this playing field. So today at two o'clock when we're marching, this is one step. Not the, it is not the final result, but one step into making sure our voices are being heard. Why? Because we're still sitting at Baltic. We're still sitting at Mediterranean. We, we still haven't acquired what everyone else has acquired. We were still not living in, in equality. We are being forced to live under a system that is not created for us. Now, don't just notice what this man, Simon, is doing. The Bible says that he's standing there. Clearly, a Roman soldier says, you, you, you right there, carry this cross for Jesus. But, but... There is something else going on in the text that's underneath the text that takes a little bit of research in order to make sure that we understand what is happening. Verse 21 says that they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene. Please don't miss out where your boy Simon is from. Simon, according to the text, is from Cyrene. Let me make sure I got Cyrene right. Cyrene is modern day Libya. Libya is the most northern part of the continent right next to the Mediterranean Sea. If you could do me a favor and just pull up that, uh, that, that slide from that picture for me of Africa. If you look at Africa, you look at what is circled in red, you will see, you'll see Libya, which Libya is ancient Cyrene. Let me make sure I got this straight. Cyrene was in Africa. Simon was from Cyrene, which means Simon is an African. So in other words, the man that carried the cross for Jesus Christ was a black man. Can I go deeper? I don't know if you're saying yes, but I'm going deeper anyway. Let me go a little bit deeper with the man that is carrying the cross of Jesus Christ being an African man. The man that's writing this book also is connected to Cyrene. How do I know that? If you look at the, if you study Mark and his heritage, first of all, the Coptic church and look at ancient father's writings, they trace Mark's lineage back to Africa. But if you look at Mark, even in this one passage, he gives us further details that nobody else does. Now, you know, there's, there's uh, three gospels, synoptic gospels, I should say. Four gospels in total, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the synoptic meaning same are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If you look at Matthew's account of this very same story, if you look at Luke's account of this same story, they leave out a detail that Mark puts in. Watch the detail that they leave out. Now, Mark is going to say at the end of this, the father of Alexander and Rufus. But Matthew says... And they went out and found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled him to cross. He leaves out the two names. 
Okay, Luke's gospel in Luke 23, Luke says, and they led him away and they seized Simon of Cyrene who was coming from the country and laid the cross to carry, for him to carry behind Jesus. But he leaves out two names. But here it is, Mark picks up the pen and he puts in Alexander and Rufus and many of the African commentators will say that Mark puts those names in because he possibly was well acquainted with those other Africans. Why? Because he himself was an African. Let me point you to resources like Thomas Odin. If you don't know who Thomas Odin, you type that in for me in the chat room. Thomas Odin, he, he wrote a book called The African Portrait of Mark and lets us in on the, Af uh, the ethnic heritage of, uh, of who uh, Mark is. And here's what's interesting. Mark is the first of the gospel writers. Mark is discipled by Peter. Mark would have taken the gospel back to Africa, which is so important because many times what happens is the reason we can't get past, one of the reasons we can't get past systematic racism is because we only know black people in their chains. You can't only know me from 16, 19 up to now. You got to take me back to Africa in order to understand my ethnicity, in order to understand my culture. You got to, you can't just know me in chains, but you got to take it back. Bible, we have to preach Bible that takes that, shows and highlights the importance of the contribution of Africans like Mark and Africans like Simon of Cyrene. And I think many times, many people get confused on who black people are because they only know us in our chains. But I wanna challenge you today, even some of you black and brown folk on here, I wanna challenge you today to learn the heritage of Africa. Learn how they contributed to the scriptures. I'll say it this way, if you pull out Africa from the scriptures, you pull out major events. You tampered with the cross today if you pull out Africa. Now, not only that, you tampered with all of the other elders at the Antioch church in Acts 13. You tamper with the day of Pentecost because the Bible says that there were Cyrenians that were there. You tamper with the Ethiopian conversion. You get to tamper with the garden that was flowing in Genesis chapter through, 2 through Cush, which is current day Ethiopia. You take out Africa. You now take out Moses' wife because the Bible says in Numbers 12 that she was a Cushite woman, Cushite being from Ethiopia. So you got to understand something about uh, black and brown people. Uh, you got to understand that you cannot understand us simply from being in our chains. You got to take us back pre-slavery in order to understand that that's one of the ways to fight against racism. You'll, you'll get to know me differently. But if you look at this passage, the Bible says that the Roman soldier says, Simon of Cyrene, you, you, come and carry this cross. A black man picks up the cross, which is a form of Roman injustice against an innocent man, and he begins to carry it up Golgotha's hill. He is carrying the burden of Jesus Christ. But my God, I woke up this morning to tell you that he is not just carrying Jesus' burden, but Jesus is actually carrying his burden. Jesus has always carried 
our burdens. I don't know who you are and I don't know what you're dealing with today, but I ca- you came on today for me to yell at you and say, Jesus wants to carry your burdens. You might think you're carrying his burdens, but he wants to carry your burdens. He's always carried our burdens. He's carried us through 400 years of slavery, carried us through segregation, carried us through civil rights. Jesus has carried us through the deaths of two great leaders like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Jesus has carried us through Emmett Till. He's carried us through the 16th Street uh, bombing. Jesus has carried us through Rodney King and Trayvon Martin and Sandra Bland and Eric Gardner. Jesus carried us through police brutality. And I will say to the day I die, Jesus will carry us all the way to glory. Don't you give up hope. Don't you give up. Jesus is the starting point of justice. He, he is what justice is because it is at the cross of Jesus Christ that we get perfect justice and perfect mercy. It is at the cross of Jesus Christ that I now understand why I fight for justice is because Jesus is a God of justice. He is a God that understands that inequality is evil. He's a God that understands that killing black and brown folk with your knee on their neck is a evil act. He's a God of justice. And the starting point for some of you today is understanding who Jesus is. You want to get involved. You, you want to understand what is going on with protesting. You got to first understand who Jesus is. Because Jesus on the cross over 2,000 years ago goes, even though he was innocent, he finally makes it up the top of that hill and he gets up on that cross that Simon of Cyrene was carrying and he dies for his people, taking all of our sin, your past sin, your present sin, your future sin that you haven't committed. Jesus goes up on the cross and he takes all of our sin and because he's done that, now I get to stand before God even though I'm guilty and be deemed as righteous, even though I've messed up, be deemed as spotless, even though I haven't always done the right thing, be deemed as though I'm perfect and I'm only perfect positionally because Jesus has made it available. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody on this live right now, you wanna get involved in fighting against social injustice But let me tell you, you first need to get involved in fighting against the sin that's in our hearts because it is Jesus that's able to redeem us. He's always carried our burdens. He's always kept us and he's keeping you together right now. The reason that you are able to be on this live right now is because Jesus has kept you. I'm gonna pray for you today as we end our time and prepare ourselves for our pray and protest. I want to encourage you today to lament with hope. Do not lament to despair. Do not look at the news and let it cause you to go to despair, but look at the news and help it and look at the hope that can be seen through it. I pray that in my generation, I'll be able to see what justice looks like. And if I don't, I trust Jesus that he is working something out in the next generation, in the next generation, until we really all understand what equality and justice look like, where there is no more white privilege, where there is no more racism. I could be a little optimistic, but I believe that Jesus is able to do all that. But it takes two things, praying and protesting. Father, I thank you, oh God, for everybody that's piped on today. I'm grateful, Lord. I'm grateful for them. I really am. I'm grateful that 
they decided to hang out today. As we get into the scriptures and look at what it looks like to try to make sense of the chaotic season we find ourselves in, in the midst of two pandemics, a pandemic within a pandemic. Father, I pray, oh God, that you would make sense of this world. Father, I thank you, oh God, for the person that's piped on that is feeling the wrestle of what it looks like to give their life to you. Father, what, what, what they put in the chat room right now, I want to give my life to Jesus. May we respond well. Father, you, your gospel, man, your gospel, does, it's not weak. I love the way Romans chapter one, verse 16 says it, for the gospel is the power of God for salvation to all that believe. First to the Jew, then to the Greek, meaning it crosses ethnic lines. And so, Father, I pray that this gospel that we hold to would permeate and penetrate the hearts of your people. The non-believers, save them today. And the one that has trusted you, may the gospel bring us hope so that we can endure and fight justice, injustice, that we can fight well today because we know our Redeemer lives. It's in Christ's name we give all glory. Amen. Well, thank you guys for hanging out today. Again, 2 p.m. on the dot. I really want to see everybody. Be careful. Please bring your mask. Don't come out without a mask on. We are still in a pandemic. So please bring your mask. Come with your white t-shirts on. Come ready to peacefully protest. And please come ready to exercise Hebrews. Where Hebrews 12 says, come boldly before the throne of grace. We will be exercising that today through prayer. Receive this doxology. It's given to Jesus. Now unto him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you as blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all times, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless y'all. Thanks for hanging out. Grace and peace.